This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Florida right now, a uh, 76-year-old man is uh, getting out of bed, putting on his golden uh, robe, sitting down to a stack of pancakes. I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe send someone out to uh, McDonald's, get himself a uh, couple, couple of egg McMuffins, and he's turning on the TV, as he always does, and he's waiting, and he's uh, hoping that uh, people show up and protest, protest, protest in New York. I don't think they will, but it doesn't matter. We don't even need protesters to have a spectacle uh, on this day. This is indictment day. Uh, Allegedly, uh, Donald Trump is going to be indicted today. He's not going to show up in court. He's not going to show up and get fingerprinted. We're not going to get the mugshot, which will be the single most circulated, most viewed photograph in history. I mean, I know everyone's uh, comparing it to famous photos in history. The the guys raising the flag on Iwo Jima, Richard Nixon leaving the White House. There's there's many, many uh, iconic photographs. We're going to have a new one next week it's going to be the the most famous mugshot of all time this will this will dwarf uh, oj simpsons or nick nolte's or you name it there's never been a mugshot like this we asked the other day i still don't know i still don't know if he gets to wear his tie i don't know if he gets to wear uh, gets to do his hair just right i don't know if he gets to put the makeup on and i don't know if he will smile i'm sure trump is thinking long and hard about it this because appearances are the most important thing to Donald Trump looks optics. So he's already wondering, I I think it's going to be an open collar. They'll let him keep the sport coat, the white shirt, but they'll make him take the tie off. I don't know if I've ever seen a mugshot with a tie. Uh, I should probably know this, but uh, I think that's one of the first things they do when they book you, they take your tie. So you don't hang yourself when you spend 10 minutes in a cell. But then, and then, and then you're going to have this too. You're going to have lots of people, cops, clerks, who are going to be tempted to take a photograph or a video on their phone because those things will be worth a fortune. If you missed it yesterday, the, the, uh, the charade began in New York City. The, uh, the, the, the cops, the, I guess the DA, is already talking about uh, threats of violence. They're, they're setting up the barricades. They're calling all the cops on their day off, telling them they have to show up and they have to be in uniform because they're expecting trouble. They're really not, but that's part of the theater of it all. There's going to be no trouble. There will be protests because, hell, there'll be false flag protests, as we've already seen. People, uh, you know, these, these little uh, New York liberals with their masks on, you know, guys with ponytails and, you know, chubby old ladies holding up signs, pretending to be Trump supporters. And it's so obvious they're not, but they want trouble. They want this kind of tension uh, in anticipation of Trump's surrender. Yesterday, there were two Trump uh, protesters. I, I think two, there, there, was, there was two protests. This was the, uh, this was the uh, pro, pro-Trump protest. With the uh, this was uh, Monday, I believe, with the uh, masks on <laughs> at Trump Tower, but at the courthouse, I think there was a protester or two, but they were just uh, overwhelmed by media. This was comical. I, I didn't even know there was this much media left in New York City. I know there's not in most cities. They don't have a lot of local media. Nobody watches the local newscasts. Uh, the camera crews are, are limited, even in big stories, even big crime stories. You see one or two reporters there, not in New York City. This is yesterday. Ironhead is showing the video now. And there are literally, what, 100 plus media members, camera crews, 
uh, lights all set up, reporters, mics, mic flags. And there's one guy walking through the, the scene with an American flag. I didn't, I, I, I don't know what they were expecting. I guess it doesn't matter. They do their reports. They want to be live outside the courthouse. There was never a possibility that Trump was going to show up uh, at the courthouse. There still isn't. Trump made that up. He said he was going to get arrested yesterday. It didn't happen. He's apparently going to get indicted today, and uh, he gets to show up in court next week. They've already ruled out a, a virtual, a Zoom arraignment, which they do for some defendants. But as we know, this is a show trial by out-of-control DA in New York City. And I keep hearing people ask this question. Why would he do this? He doesn't have a case. He's not going to get a conviction. It is. Uh, it has already been rejected at a number of levels. The Department of Justice wouldn't take the case. The Federal Election Commission uh, wouldn't take the case. He himself, Alvin Bragg, rejected it uh, previously. A, a couple of his lawyers on his staff quit in protest because they hate Trump so much. They wanted to, to be the first thing Bragg did when he got elected, go after Trump. He didn't. Uh, initially, he is now. And people are asking why. Do you really have to ask that? Alvin Bragg lives in New York City, works in New York City. He's a radical leftist, a Soros-backed DA who hates cops, who, who literally tells stories about cops putting guns in his face when he was a young man and a, or a boy in uh, growing up in Harlem. He went to Harvard. <laughs> Tell me when in Alvin Bragg's life he's ever been even, even rubbed shoulders with someone who doesn't hate Donald Trump. Everybody in his office, everybody in his circle of friends, his family, everybody in his neighborhood hates Trump with the fury of a thousand sons. Do you think anybody in Alvin Bragg's life says, you know, Al, you know, I'm not sure you have a great case here. They don't care. This has never been about getting a conviction or, or righting a wrong. It's the same as New York. As New York's the same as D.C. They live in a bubble, and everyone in that bubble thinks Donald Trump is evil. And as we, as we pointed out many, many times, when someone's evil, when they're not just wrong, when you don't just have a political disagreement, when you think they are Satan, then the gloves are off, and there is there are no rules applied, no norms. It doesn't matter that he doesn't have a case. It doesn't matter that a, a very similar offense uh, was committed by Hillary Clinton. She paid a fine. She moved on. Obama, same thing. Election, uh, um, elect an election campaign finance offense, paid a fine, moved on. That's the way it works, but not when it comes to the evil orange man. They don't care. They know there will be no conviction. They know their uh, witnesses are a joke. They know they're relying on the biggest liar in the world, Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels, who couldn't even hold up her end of the bargain when she signed a NDA. That even in New York, they know there'll be no conviction, but it doesn't matter. They want one thing above all others. They want, well, I shouldn't say one thing. They want a mugshot above all others. They also want fingerprints. They're, they're hoping that uh, they'll get photographs of maybe him in handcuffs, maybe him before a judge looking you know, dejected, but that that mugshot on page one of every newspaper in the world, not just in the country. Think of that. People will be picking up in uh, their, their morning newspaper in Sri Lanka. They'll be picking up the Sri Lanka morning tribune and there will be a mugshot of the evil orange man. That's why he's doing it. I think we, we, I think many conservatives or just many people, moderate, whatever, still don't understand that this is in their mind about good and evil. They're, they don't care about rules, norms, tradition. They don't even care about the law. It's all about getting, in fact, they don't even care in the end when you think about it. They know Trump is more beatable than DeSantis. If, you, if you're a Joe Biden guy, if you're a Joe Biden fan, and, and boy, are we going to get to Joe Biden today? Would you say, Ironhead, we've been doing this a long time. Have we ever had better dementia Joe sound than from yesterday? It just, it's remarkable watching this two years, more than two years into his presidency, and you still watch, listen to Joe Biden and say, that's the commander in chief? 
and the and the and the juxtaposition of this bumbling, stumbling, dementia-addled fool rambling on, reading a poem, <laughs> reading a poem off a teleprompter while Xi and Putin meet in Moscow to plan the new world order. I'm sorry to my Democrat friends, but is this what you voted for? Is this what you want? They're, they're, they're dividing up the world in Moscow right now. Our, our two most formidable adversaries, our enemies are colluding. And by the way, so they're, they're bringing other countries into the fold against us. And our president is honoring uh, cartoon characters. That's so, he gave the Medal of, Honor, Medal of uh, Freedom to a cartoon character, which is good. Cartoon characters should stick together. I think it was a show of support to his fellow cartoon character, but we'll get to him. We'll get to him. The, the, the people and, and, and the people there in D.C. are just like the people in New York. They don't care about the facts, the law. They don't care. It's irrelevant. It's all about damaging Trump. And I wonder if they know what they're, what they, uh, what they're, what they may accomplish. If they actually did damage Trump, and I don't think they will, it would make it easier for DeSantis. And DeSantis has a much better chance of beating Biden. They know it. That's the, 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 the pretzel they've put themselves in. They hate Trump so much. They want to hurt him. They want to charge him. They want to stop him from running. But if they do, they face a much better candidate in Ron DeSantis. It's not even close. DeSantis is like Trump without all the baggage. The stuff they have on Trump, all the things, even the things they'll make up, the, you know, the impeachment stuff, the, uh, you know, the, the insurrection, January 6th, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the phone call to Ukraine, all the things they think they have them on, the raid on Mar-a-Lago, the, doc, the classified documents, you can just take that off the table. If you succeed in hurting Trump so much, he can't run in 2024. Then you get to Santos, then you lose for sure, particularly if you nominate the buffoon in the White House who will be uh, 82, <laughs> 82 on the first day of his second term, 86 at the end. And right now, it's impossible to even imagine what a mess Biden will be if he... Uh, if he actually runs and wins, boy, is that scary. That is just frightening. I wonder how many people, how many of the 81 million who voted for Biden want to see an 86-year-old Joe Biden in the White House doing press conferences, uh, deciding whether we go to war in, uh, in Eastern Europe. It's a frightening, frightening thought. But uh, I think Trump right now, sitting there in his robe, having his pancakes, is loving every minute of that. I think, obviously, he's a big cable news guy. He watches a lot of cable news. That's all he does. I don't think he reads a lot. I don't think he's, uh, you know, uh, listening to podcasts. I think he's watching Hannity and uh, probably watching his old friends on Morning Joe, too, Joe and Mika. And he's enjoying the fact that he is in, in the middle of this, in the eye of the storm. It's always been his favorite place. He knows he knows they got nothing. He knows they're going to make it. They're trying to make an example of him, and he loves it. <laughs> he's he's looking forward to it. There's nothing he loves better than having you know uh, mobs mobs of people supporting him and mobs against him. And there he is in the middle, and all eyes, all energy is swirling around him. This is this is okay with Donald Trump. I mean, it's not like he's uh, afraid of getting convicted. He knows even in New York, he's not going to get convicted. Everyone knows it. So why wouldn't he relish this? It got, it got him a big bump in the polls. He's up on DeSantis. He's, he's beating DeSanctimonious by 24 points now. So he's loving it. And he's energized his base. Some of the people who support Trump, some of the real hardcore Trumpkins are losing their mind. They're attacking DeSantis, saying DeSantis is done He's over. It's never going to happen. DeSantis hasn't even declared yet. DeSantis has done nothing wrong. He has not made a misstep. And I would include his uh, interview, which is yet to be released with Piers Morgan. I think this is a little strange. Piers Morgan sat down with DeSantis and we have some of the, uh, the clips that they've released. They're not put, they're not even putting it on Fox news. It's on Fox nation. It's a big boon to Fox nation 
tomorrow, I believe Thursday, they're releasing it. And it's good. And I'll tell you why. You tell me if anything has changed in DeSantis's demeanor. All these Trumpkins are attacking him, calling him a liar, a, a disloyal, a backstabber. They're making that up. They know that DeSantis has done nothing wrong here. They know even the shots he took at Trump about paying off a porn star, they know that's fair game because it's Donald Trump and he would do the exact same thing to DeSantis. Hell, he's been taking cheap shots at DeSantis since November. And finally, DeSantis is fired back and they're acting as if that's an act of disloyalty. I'm so sick of this. The fact that Trump endorsed DeSantis once upon a time for governor means nothing when it comes to this race for president. You're telling me that the that, that a guy like DeSantis is supposed to step aside, even though he thinks he's ready to be president, even though lots of people want him to be president, he's supposed to defer to the crazy 78-year-old because he once endorsed him? Well, why did he endorse him? The answer is because DeSantis was the best candidate for president, well, I mean, for governor. What has DeSantis done since then? He's done a magnificent job as governor. So good job, Donald Trump. You endorsed the right guy. Of course you did. We all, lots of people did. It's worked out great. That doesn't mean he owes you for life. That doesn't mean he shouldn't pursue his goal if his goal is to be president because you once endorsed him. That's not disloyalty. Everyone's not supposed to step aside and just coronate you. You got to earn it again, and maybe you will. I mean, uh, God knows you're ready to fight. God knows these debates and these campaign appearances, these rallies are going to be wild. Bring it on. Anyone who thinks DeSantis is disloyal for running for president is just, uh, is just full of it. That is just such nonsense. Of course he gets to run for president. So everybody Trump endorses is never supposed to challenge him. That's not how it works in this country. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, the, you want to be the candidate, Donald? You're the favorite. You're the leader. Good luck. Go for it. Fight for it. Uh, but DeSantis sits down with um, uh, Pierce Morgan. And before I saw it, I heard, I read, I saw the tweets and some of the stories. I read the New York Post. And it was like, oh, he fires back at Trump. He's coming back. You know, he's, he's obviously running and he is, he didn't announce it, but he's running. Are you telling me that this is, uh, that this anything inappropriate about what DeSantis said in this interview? It's absurd. He, he all but admitted he was running and he made his case and he made it clear in these couple of brief clips that he's, he's, got that he knows what direction he's going to go in. He's going to point out that he handled COVID better than most, certainly better than Donald Trump. And he would have fired Fauci. And the fact is you can't prove that you, you can't say that's false. You can't say, no, he wouldn't have. I mean, it's obviously it's un, unknowable, but we know Donald Trump didn't fire Fauci. We know Donald Trump handed the country over to Fauci and we know how much damage Fauci did and we will get to that absolute monster. You know what, before we get to DeSantis, you know what the amazing thing, we asked how the Fauci video of him going door to door and that guy challenging him, that wonderful man who started telling him, you know, he's not taking the jab and they're, and they're just selling fear. And we were wondering how they allowed that to, to go public. I'll tell you how. They had a camera crew following him for more than two years. They have thousands and thousands of hours of video of this little narcissist, you know, handling the pandemic. And it's all about him and always oh, thre threats and threats on his life. He needs security. It's all about him. And so when you have thousands of hours, obviously one or two are going to be uh, not exactly on message for you. So they let slip one quick clip of someone challenging him. He must hate that but there's much, much more. And a lot of it is just embarrassing. And it's just, I mean, it's like there, there, there are very few people in the world more in love with themselves, bigger narcissists than Fauci. And that's what you learn from at least the video, the videos I've seen. We got one, we got a couple coming, but we got to do do DeSantis first, DeSantis with uh, Pierce Morgan sitting down, I believe in Florida. And uh, you wouldn't do this if you weren't running. You know, you wouldn't do this if you weren't uh, okay, if you weren't uh, uh, comfortable with questions about Trump's attacks on you. 
you know you have to fire back and you sit down and you do it anyway. And I think at least the brief clips we've seen, I think DeSantis did a great job, did what he had to do. What do we got, Ironhead? We got a couple of these? Yep, uh, this first one's him talking about Fauci. Oh, good. A winning issue for Ron DeSantis, a losing issue for Donald Trump. Whenever this comes up, and Trump will just say whatever. He'll say that he, Trump, and, and we can find it. We should find it. It's a keeper. I remind everyone again, Trump said he didn't fire Fauci because the media would have a meltdown. He didn't fire Fauci because the media would be upset. That was his answer. Bad answer, Donald. Bad answer. Uh, and I think if you're DeSantis, that thing will be in your campaign ads for sure. But let's listen to Pierce ask uh, DeSanctimonious about Fauci. Go ahead. What are the differences between? Well, I know that I, I know him very well. Having now spent time with you, I, I can immediately identify a few differences. But what do you think of the differences? Well, I mean, I think there's a few things. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the approach to COVID was, was different. I mean, you know, I would have fired somebody like Fauci. Uh, I think that he got way too big for his britches, and I think he did a lot of damage. Uh, I also think just in terms of my approach to leadership, you know, I get personnel in the government who have the agenda of the people and share our agenda. You bring your own agenda in, you're gone. We're just not going to have that. He's, he's got, I know the, the Fauci thing, the COVID thing's a winning issue, but the other thing he's been mentioning it and he's going to continue. It's a good idea that he surrounds himself with good people, loyal people, people who share his agenda. You're not going to have Amarosa in the, uh, in the white house. If Ron DeSantis is elected, you know, you're not going to have uh, Chris Ray will be fired on day one and arrested on day two, I hope. Uh, and you won't have people like Mattis, disloyal people that really don't like you. Uh, if it, Think of all the leaks you get from the Trump White House and the leaks you get from the uh, the governor's office in Florida. There's no comparison. And he's going to hammer it our way at that. And it's a good idea. The, uh, Trump has done some great things. I, I certainly supported him as president. I will support him if he's the nominee. But you can't say he's done a good job of surrounding himself with good people. He's terrible at personnel decisions and maybe he'll get it right the next time around. I'm sure he's learned a less, lesson or two. But DeSantis is going to remind everybody that Trump hired some snakes and surrounded himself with some of the worst people, including Fauci and Ray and so many others. But uh, the other cut we got is him asking about the nickname. I think he handled this well, too. I mean, he could just say it's just stupid to sanctimonious. What does it even mean? It's just idiotic. But uh I don't think Pierce asked about the picture that Trump posted of him with college girls taking a picture, a 23 year old guy taking a picture with college girls. I think that's going to sink him. I don't know. I don't, Trump, Trump's never done anything that inappropriate. Taking a picture at a party with college girls when you're 23 years old. If DeSantis can just survive that, he might be okay. But let's listen as Pierce asks about the idiotic nicknames that Trump has given DeSantis. Go ahead. Which is your favourite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron, Ron de Sanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't... Uh, even he went off Meatball Ron. I, but. I can't... Uh, I don't know how to spell de Sanctimonious. I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can, call me, you can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner because that's what we've been able to do in Florida is put a lot of points on the board and, and, and really take the state to the next level. That's another subtle shot. Call me a winner, because as we know, Trump's obsessed with winning, winning. We're going to win. We're going to be sick of winning. There's going to be too much winning. Well, DeSantis has done uh, as much winning or more winning than Trump. I mean, Trump, obviously, he's lost. He lost in the midterms in 2022. He lost in 2020. A lot of Trump uh, appointed, Trump selected candidates have failed. And DeSantis has just won. You know, that won the whole state, turned it blood red. He's won local school boards. He's won congressional seats, Senate seat. I mean, he's he's got he's got that winning thing going on, and it's going to be tough for Trump to beat him on that too. So Trump, so DeSantis knows what he's doing, and he's planning to run. He's planning to announce, and it's going to be big. But uh, immediately, the Trumpkins came out lying and claiming that. Uh, that uh, DeSantis, you know, sold out and he's done. This is uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, I think Donald Trump Jr. would be a better candidate than Donald Trump Sr. He's younger. 
you know, and he's, and he's not as crazy, but anyway, Donald Jr. tweets out just as radical Dems are indicting Trump and destroying the fabric of our nation with their police state tactics. DeSantis pathetically runs to the liberal media on orders from his rhino establishment owners to attack my father. He's exposing himself as 100% controlled opposition. Now it's obviously absurd. Rhino establishment owners. What the hell does that even mean? Uh, attacking. He was answering questions. I love this double standard that if you're a Trump supporter, no one can attack Trump. If they do, they're disloyal and they're sellouts and they're rhinos. But your father attacks everyone all the time with the cheapest of cheap shots. I enjoy it usually, especially when he's going after, you know, Democrats, but you're saying he can't be criticized. He can't be attacked. It's just a joke. Pierce responds to Donald Jr. A, your father, send him my best, in parentheses, ran to me dozens of times for interviews, and you never call that pathetic. And B, he's been attacking DeSantis for months. Isn't Ron allowed to have a pop back? Good question. I mean, Pierce is not a liberal media. He's whatever he is. He's, he's I guess, some kind of moderate. He's British. He's a big uh, gun control gun control guy, but he's not what you'd call establishment or, or liberal media. Uh, there's another guy, Jason Miller. I think he's still, Jason Miller still works for Trump. He's a senior advisor to president Donald J. Trump. He's got 380,000 followers. He's been, been around big Trump follower. And he writes, Ron DeSantis has finally shown his true colors an establishment, never Trumper who despises the MAGA base and was faking it the entire time. What the hell are you talking about? He's he's a never Trumper means never Trump. DeSantis supported Trump for when he ran and supported him for four years when he was in office and supported him again when he ran for a reelection. Despises the MAGA base. Do you think anybody? Let's reverse it. How many MAGA people despise DeSantis? None, except these people who are uh, are fighting for Trump. But MAGA people don't despise. DeSantis, that's why they don't like little cheap shots from Trump to DeSantis. And he was faking it the entire time. What does that even mean? Faking what? (laughs) They're desperate. They think they're desperate because they know they feel, and I agree with them. The only thing in Trump's way, in Trump's way, attempts to return to the White House. It's not Alvin Bragg. It's not the Democrats and Congress. It's not impeachments. It's not the raids on Mar-a-Lago. It's not Atlanta, you know, election violations, whatever. It's Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious. He can't even come up with a decent nickname for him. And they fear him in the campaign. They fear him in the debates. They know that they don't have much on him. He's a 44-year-old Navy veteran who went to Yale and Harvard Law and played baseball, looks good, has a beautiful wife and family, doesn't have a Stormy Daniels that we know of. The media is going to try to find one for sure. And all Trump has is a picture of 23-year-old DeSantis, a photograph of him with college-age girls. He's not, you know, uh, he's not having an affair with them, you know. He's not sniffing their hair, as far as we know. He's just hanging with some girls when he's 23. Good luck with that, Donald. Good luck. But you know what? It can all change today. Once Trump gets indicted, he becomes a martyr. He, it energizes his base. He is, he is building on his lead, which is so irrelevant. I love these people that are tweeting constantly about the polls. It's freaking March 2023. There's more than a year and a half. There's many, many debates. There's so much that has to happen. The fact that uh, he's, he's trailing in the polls uh, is not an indication of, of, of DeSantis' uh, you know, viability as a candidate. What is an indication of how hard Trump and his followers are attacking him? They know this is the one guy who stands in their way. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Trump talking about why he didn't fire Fauci. Oh, is this? Oh, God, this the, good luck. He's talking to Maria Bartiromo. Good luck with this one, Donald, because this is probably already in a DeSantis campaign ad. And this, the problem he has with this is the media is going to take DeSantis aside. The media is going to say, what a fraud, what a liar. He did. And uh, DeSantis and Trump's going to have a trouble with this one. This is going to come back to haunt him. Let's watch. 
Fauci, Anthony Fauci misled the Senate when he said that the NIH did not fund the gain of function research. Um, Should you have fired Fauci? So a lot of people ask me that question and I did it right. Because if you do fire him, you're going to have a firestorm on the left again, as usual. Um, And I didn't listen to him. If you think about it, he wanted to keep our country open to China, and I closed it. He wanted to keep our country open to Europe, and I closed it. He talked about masks being no good. Well, I'm not a huge mask believer, but I think they have some purpose. And now he's a radical masker. I mean, everything he's done, he's a great promoter. He's a bad pitcher. He was telling me what a great athlete he was. I said, you can't throw a baseball 15 feet. I I never saw That was, other than President (laughs) Obama, it may be the worst throw I've ever seen to home plate. Uh, No, I think I did the right thing because we would have had a firestorm. Less of a firestorm now if he was fired because he's been wrong so often. But if you think of it, he wanted to keep our country open to China, Europe, and all these places, and I didn't do it. The media would have had there been a firestorm in the media, and 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 he was Fauci was anti-mask and Trump was pro-mask. You run with that, Donald. Good luck with that. And uh, and you know, Trump will be ready to just he'll be spitting fire. He'll be ready to go in for the kill of these debates. And I think DeSantis has already made up his mind how he's going to handle. It. He's going to step back, hold his head high, and smile. And, and, and stick to the script, and that will drive Trump nuts. DeSantis is already driving Trump nuts, and he hasn't done anything, anything genuinely, uh, you know, confrontational uh, with Trump, but it's coming, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, the indictment is coming today and the arrest next week, and I think Trump is, uh, is relishing it. He is not going to let this crisis go to waste. He shouldn't. I mean, you know, they've been coming at him for uh, – for, for so long, I think you will see that, the, I'm, I, you know what? So, so who's on? Um, Mark on the comment line thinks Tiger Woods had the greatest mugshot. Um, no one's even close. No one will even, I mean, the mugshot of Donald Trump will be the most iconic photograph. I can see the New York Post. They're going to have the photograph on page one with no words. It'll just be a photograph. And everyone on both sides of the aisle will be looking at that, showing that, talking about that. There's going to be nothing, nothing to compare it to ever. And if there are other shots, like I'm standing before a judge with his hands, you know, holding his hands kind of meekly in front of him, that'll be even bigger. That's what the media, that's what this is all about. This is all about just trying to get some, some trying to damage, trying to sully, trying to muddy up Donald Trump. And uh, we're looking forward to it, but all right, we got lots to get to. We got to get to the sitting president. Because, God, yeah, that's not bad. Tiger Woods mugshot, not a bad one. Get Nick Nolte. I think Nick Nolte's got the best one ever. I think Trump, Trump's biggest fear would be, will be, are they going to allow him to brush his hair? Because as we know, when he gets out in the wind and that thing gets out of control, it doesn't look good for a man his age. I think Trump uh, is, is hoping they let him brush his hair, put his makeup on, and you know, who knows, they probably will. I think the cops... Are probably ambivalent. Maybe the cops think this is insane. Maybe cops are Trump supporters. There's Nick Nolte. It's going to be tough to top that. <laughs> uh, Trump will not have a Hawaiian shirt on. That's for sure. But looking forward to it. But let's get to uh, uh, let's get to the perhaps the most gaff-filled day in Joe Biden's career. And I do want to get to the Uvalde. We have the latest from Uvalde. A year, not a year, ten months after the uh, mass shooting. At Rob Elementary School, we have a full report, and you're not going to believe who they decided to blame, who the cops in that town, who they blame that shooting on. I mean, maybe you, you won't be surprised, but it's despicable. These cowards are still hiding. It, it's just, it's, it's so disturbing. But uh, first. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. 
I absolutely love this time of year. The madness is upon us. College basketball is king in March. Time for buzzer-beating shots, Cinderella stories, and rivalries with great histories. Make your March a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit mybookie.website slash Jerry and use promo code Jerry to receive a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at big money. If you're the type of person who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like my bookie. Remember, visit my bookie online at mybookie.website slash Jerry and use promo code Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Uh, let's get to it. God, man, I just see these things. I see see, see Biden uh, appearing in the uh, at the White House with Medal of Freedom winners. Springsteen was back even though, I didn't even get this. Springsteen was there even though he got the medal last year. I mean, you get to come back. It's it's like uh, you know, Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame. All the former people get to show up every year when they do the new uh, the new inductees. Why is why was Springsteen there? Why was uh, got the Medal of Art or something like that? Medal of Art. That's what he was but, getting. Uh, Springsteen was there the morning after, or the day after he was in Boston doing a uh, concert at the Garden. He was in uh, D.C. with the bumbling, stumbling Commander in Chief. And it went about as well as you'd expect. It's funny. This is one of those times where Biden has the uh, teleprompter in front of him telling him what to say. Obviously, you're hoping he's, you know, President Ron Burgundy, you're hoping he sticks and reads what's written for him. But this is a classic Biden moment where he goes off script and tries to ad lib with Springsteen. And boy, does it go awry. I wish they had a camera. On the crowd, I wanted to see Springsteen's reaction, see what he was thinking or how he's reacting. But he just starts telling this bizarre, <laughs> in, irrelevant story about what the line between Delaware and New Jersey. It's just so ridiculous. But uh, let's listen as uh, Joe Biden uh, honors of the boss. Go ahead. Speaking of good things in music, the boss is here. <laughs> As they say in South Philly and North Wilmington, a Jersey boy. <laughs> I just want you to know, Bruce, there was a lawsuit that was between the governor of Delaware and the governor of, of New Jersey, and it's now a matter of law. We owe, we own Delaware, owns the Delaware up to the high water mark in New Jersey. <laughs> so for all I know, I could claim you as part of Delaware before that. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, a poet, troubadour, chronicle of American life and resilience and hope and dreams, recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom, along with 20 Grammys, an Oscar, a Tony, and an unyielding love from millions of fans across generations. The New Jersey kid is back on tour approaching, guess this, 3,000 concerts around the world. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> Since his first performance as a teenager at local Elks Lodge, and I know where it is, Freehold, New Jersey, just across the river. I've been to Freehold, and I married a Jersey girl. Okay? Bruce, some people are just born to run, man. Someone decided it was a good idea to have Joe Biden read a poem, and he is reading. It is on the teleprompter. But... I'm sorry, your, your, your president, your 80-year-old president is incapable of this. They're asking too much of him. And I want you to keep in mind also that while this is going on, President Xi and President Putin are, are uh, making love in Moscow somewhere. They're best buds planning the new world order. And this is our president attempting to read a poem. Go ahead. Richard Blanco uh, returned to a poem he wrote from the second inaugural of Barack and Me. A poem, one today, it says, and always one moon like a silent drum tapping at every rooftop and every window on every, in, of every county, 
countries. Let me start this over again. <laughs> I'm getting so intimidated by being here. <laughs> and always one moon, like a silent drum, tapping on every rooftop and every window of one country, county, county. All of us facing <laughs> the stars. Hope, a new constellation, waiting for us to map it, waiting for us to name it together. What the hell? That is just scary. Oh, God. County and country is going to be tough. But who, whose idea was that? Whose idea was like, let's have him read a poem? Why would you, why'd you, think, he, why would you think he could do that? <laughs> Don't we know enough at this point? Here's my favorite headline in the morning. White House honors star and executive producer of controversial Scooby-Doo spinoff Velma. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't know Velma, you know, Velma, the character of Scooby-Doo had been re, re, repackaged as like a lesbian or a non-binary or whatever. A black lesbian. A black lesbian. So Zelma, <laughs> Velma's a black lesbian. And White House is honoring the black lesbian cartoon character again. While, you know, our southern border is overrun, while war in Ukraine rages as we at attempt to uh, escalate the war in Ukraine and, and Putin and Xi are meeting and, and uh, North Korea is testing out nukes, our president is honoring a gay, lesbian, black cartoon character. Uh, this, uh, is, uh, this White House is beyond parody. That is just priceless. But... Uh, all right, uh, enough with that clown show. We got to to Evaldi. We spent so much time on Evaldi last year. We spent, you know, hell, it was a big day. It was a tragic day. 19 children and two teachers killed, and I got bumped off of Tucker Carlson. It was the biggest you know, tragedy of that day. Yeah, so it's like, it's like uh, Sarah Silverman, which used to be funny. She had this great riff about 9-11, what an awful day it was. And she said, that was such a terrible day for me personally. That was the day I found out the mocha chai latte at Starbucks had 800 calories. <laughs> I thought that was such a edgy joke. That's, I think that's the last funny thing Sarah said, but uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm only joking. It was a very tragic day, an awful day in this country. 19 kids, two teachers, uh, a, a police force exposed as a bunch of cowards. Well, they have a report in the Texas Tribune. It's a very long report, very thorough, goes into you know the history of mass shootings, goes into the history of the AR-15, when it was invented, how it's made, who buys it, how it's, uh, the difference in the AR and other guns. The conclusion that the uh, police and some other authorities came to is it the fault of this, other than the gunman, the fault lies not with the cops who waited outside while the, for 77 mi minutes while these children were slaughtered. It's all the fault of the gun. It's, it's amazing. We've seen this before. We've seen liberals blame. Democrats always blame the gun. Unless the gunman's a white supremacist, then they blame the gunman. But if the, white, uh, the gunman is not a white guy, they blame the gun. They blame the gun. And here's the, the best part or the worst part. They had the same gun. The cops outside the classroom were armed with AR-15s and body armor, helmets, shields, and they didn't go in because the gun was so scary. This is just, I really recommend uh, reading this report. It's been summarized in other places, but the Texas Tribune does a very thorough job. It's, as you'd expect from a mainstream media outlet, most of the focus is on the gun and the gun laws and the, you know, assault weapons being legal and all that. Not enough focus on these absolute cowards, these sniveling wimps who were outside the walls of that classroom as children were being slaughtered and did nothing. As, as you remember, one guy was checking his phone, you know, checking the scores, see if his team won. Another guy was uh, sanitizing his hands because he didn't want to take any chances that he might get, catch a cold or get COVID as children were being slaughtered. Just the start of this uh, Texas Tribune report. Once they saw a torrent of bullets tear through a classroom wall and a metal door, 
The first police officers in the hallway of Robb Elementary School concluded they were outgunned and that they could die. The gunman had an AR-15, a rifle designed by U.S. soldiers, a rifle design used by U.S. soldiers in every conflict since Vietnam. Its bullets flew toward the officers at three times the speed of sound and could have pierced their body armor like a hole punched through paper. They grazed two officers in the head and the group retreated. The Uvalde Police Department Sergeant Daniel Coronado stepped outside, breathed heavily, and got his on his radio to warn the others. I have a male subject with an AR-15. Fuck, said one officer. Oh, an AR, exclaimed another, alerting others. Almost a year after Texas' deadliest school shooting killed 19 children and two teachers, there's still confusion among investigators, law enforcement leaders, and politicians over how nearly 400 law enforcement officers could have performed so poorly People have blamed cowardice or poor leadership or lack of sufficient training for why police waited more than an hour to breach breach the classroom and subdue an amateur 18-year-old adversary. But in their own words, during and after their botched response, the officers pointed to another reason. They were unwilling to confront the rifle on the other side of the door. Unwilling to confront the rifle. This... Uh, report, uh, they, they looked at body cam, they talked to everybody, it's something that took months in the making, Is makes it more disturbing. These friggin' cowards, most of whom were still on the job. We were asking last May, June, July, why weren't they fired that day? Why weren't they arrested? Why weren't they replaced? Why didn't the governor step in? They allowed children to die, at least three of them. Kids were still alive when they finally breached the classroom 77 minutes after the shooting began, they died. They died. We don't know how many lives they could have saved, but how are you not fired? Your job as a policeman was to get into that classroom and save those kids, kill that gunman. You didn't do it because you were afraid. That is not a fireable offense. Hell, there are three cops in Boston last week or earlier this week who got fired for uh, at least one of them, one or two of them for social media posts. They were tweeting pro-Trump stuff and they got fired from the Boston Police Department. These cowards let children die and they're still on the job. And, and this whole thing is about how they didn't want to take any chances. Sergeant Donald Page said, you knew it was definitely an AR. There was no way of going in. We had no choice but to wait and try to get something that had better coverage where we could actually stand up to him. We weren't equipped to make entry into that room without several casualties. Once we found out it was a rifle he was using, said Detective Lewis Landry, it was a different game plan and we would have had to come out, come up with. It wasn't just going in guns ablaze and Old West style to take him out. The scumbag, uh, Pete Arredondo, the police chief and city councilor, that fat, bloated slob, that coward who was fired, fortunately, last August and was blamed by many people. He says, we're going to get scrutinized for why we didn't go in. I know the firepower he had based on what shells I saw, the holes in the wall, the preservation of life, everyone, everything around the gunmen was a priority. The preservation of life was a priority. They had initially, we saw what it was, what a couple of dozen cops, then they called reinforcement, then they called SWAT. They, in the end, had 400 armed police officers, shields, helmets, AR-15s. And they didn't go in because this gutless slug of a police chief said the preservation of life was a priority. How do you live with that as a parent in that town? How do you look at a cop when you go to the donut shop and not spit on it, spit in his face. It's it's remarkable the the level of cowardice that every one of these these weasels was running. You could see it. There's video with this. They got all the body cam video, and you could see these guys just running for their lives. They knew there were children in there. Mothers tried to get in there and save their kids. They stopped the mothers. They stopped the parents from going in and let them die. And said. What can we do? He had a scary gun. 
they said they would have been mass casualty if they breached the room. Why? If you storm the room, you got shields, gun, you know, vests, and you and you shoot him. Maybe one of the cops dies. Maybe two of them. That's their job. If you didn't want to risk your life, you know, there's a Amazon warehouse down the street. You know, there's a there's you know, Walmart. Hell, learn to code. You know, sell insurance. If you're a cop, this is the job. You agree when you get the badge, when you sign on, that you will risk your life for, for you know, for innocent people, especially for eight, nine, ten-year-old children. That's your friggin' job. How is this even a, a, a story? How is it even an issue? Oh, he had a scary AR-15 and lots of bullets. Do you know when this scumbag gunman started shooting. That's the first time he shot his guns. They go through the whole history of him buying guns. He bought the AR like three days after he turned 18. He never shot it until he started killing kids. These guys are armed, trained professionals in mass numbers, huge numbers, hundreds of them. They can't breach the classroom, you know, on their, you know, on the ground or you know behind shields and take him out. They were too scared. This whole thing, I mean, I know there are people trying to do damage control, trying to spin this. This whole thing makes me uh, more convinced that these are just cowards that just want the job, you know, so they could drive around a police car and have a cool uniform and oppress the chicks, make a good living. They don't want to actually do the job, which is protecting lives and, and risking your life. That, that, that is what you are there to do. If you can't do it, move on, get another job. How are they not fired? It's absolutely nauseating. Go through the whole thing. Yeah, you could show some of the video here, Ironhead, of them just running away. Some of them fat slobs waddling away. And in the end, they say, there's nothing we could do. They should be on their knees begging forgiveness from the mothers and the fathers and the uncles and the aunts and the grandparents. Uh, and and the, the whole thing, every one of these cops just says, oh, the gun, it was the gun, it was the gun, scary. And you know why they do that? Because they know it to at least half the audience, half the population would be happy to blame the gun, call for more gun control. You want to do that? Fine, I'll talk about it. You want to raise the age for an AR-15? I'll listen. Once they fire these, look at them run. We have the video on. Just running the other way. Kids are screaming. Kids are on their phone calling their mothers, begging, pleading, help mom, help. And these cowards are checking their phones and washing their hands and, and, and wondering what they're going to have for lunch. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, and, and finally, the, uh, you know, the, the SWAT teams and the Border Patrol agents and every cop within 100 miles shows up. They waited for a SWAT team that was 60 miles away before they breached the classroom. They knew it would be an hour, and they just sat there and listened to the screams and protected their own fat, lazy asses. It's just disgusting. I'm telling you, I can't even, I can't even look at this. I can't even read this. I cannot believe every one of them is not fired. I cannot believe that Arredondo slob is not in prison. Their excuse, your excuse as a cop was, I was scared. You're supposed to be scared. That's the job. You're supposed to step in the, in the breach to protect kids. How is this even a question? How is anyone, I mean, and then the, the story is, again, it's probably three, 4,000 words. Half of it's the history of the AR-15, how many mass shootings are committed by AR-15s. There's a uh, local politician, I'll find it, and he makes a great point, a point, you know, we made almost a year ago, but it's a good, it's worth remembering. They left him in there alone for over an hour with these kids. He could have used his bare hands. They were eight, nine-year-olds. He could have used a baseball bat. He could have used a tire iron, a BB gun. Well, not a BB gun, a, a 22 and killed 19 kids. If you give him an hour, you know, what does it matter what gun he has? They go through all the wounds and some of the wounds in the heads and they don't show you pictures, but uh, they got to see them kids legs blown off. Uh, Obviously the gun does lots of damage. That's why you have to get in there quickly. That's why you have to stop them. The idea that, you have to protect yourself because he has a scary gun means you didn't do your job means you should be fired means you should be 
be, be shunned by polite society. It's just nauseating. Anyway, all right, let's do a Shay and then wrap this sucker up. I want to show one video if we have time. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. Is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, uh, one quick video before we go. For years now, I probably should have spent more time on this, since Obama, at least since uh, Obama's first term, when everything became about race and everything Obama could do to divide people along race is what he did. And then you had the the, the dawn of a new era. We have race hustlers, the Ibrahim Kindies and the, and the uh, Hannah Jones, uh, Nicole Hannah Jones and the Ayanna Presleys who make everything about race the oppressors and the oppressed and, you know, black people are victims of systemic racism. We've seen just the emergence, the growing uh, divide where people blame everything. The black people bring everything on white people and white people are supposed to feel guilty. And it's just, if you're online on social media, you see it every day. This could be the most, and you see the violence and you see the attacks and the assaults and the subways and the schools. And there's a new one today. I don't even want to tell you to get it, but a teacher getting that her ass beat by a girl. Uh, I forget where that was, but this video came out yesterday on the New York subway. There's no punches thrown. Could be the most disturbing one of all. Here's a guy, his wife and his little kid. And this black guy, this, this scumbag is attacking him, trying to goad him into fighting. And I ask you, what if he did? What if the white guy did knock the black guy out? First of all, you wouldn't see what led up to it. All you'd see is the fight and you'd say, oh, and Ayanna Presley tweeted out and all the usual suspects in the media, Joy Reid and, you know, Joe Scarborough and you name it, Jake Tapper would be screaming about, you know, white supremacy, white nationalism. This guy deserves credit. First of all, his wife gets him to, you know, calm down and control himself. But he does not attack. He just sits there and takes it. And this scumbag is attacking his little kid. Watch this. Gets in his face. He calls the kid, the the white kid, a monkey, a gorilla, a dog. Gets in his face. And the guy, to his credit, I guess, uh, listens to his wife and doesn't knock him out. But what if he did? What would we be talking about today? Be talking about the the violent, you know, the the, the white man uh, you know, attacking this black guy. Black guy, by the way, the black guy's done this before. He's been on video before. That's what he does. He attacks people verbally on the, uh, the, I think it was an Asian woman. He was telling, go back to wherever, China or Japan, telling this guy to go back to Europe, <laughs> the white guy and his wife and kid. And it'll be no big deal. Nothing. We'll just move on. Reverse the races. It'd be the biggest story in the country. But anyway, uh, that will do it for today. I got to get uh, Ironheads has some editing to do. Got to get that uh, Springsteen cut in there. You think you can handle that? Yep. Excellent. <laughs> 
Excellent. Anyway, indictment's coming today. We'll be here for it. We'll, we'll be ready to recap it. like a. It'll be like a post-game show tomorrow talking about the indictment. And the perp walk is next week. Can't wait. But uh, that'll do it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.